Hello and welcome to Campfire Conversations, stories from the center of the universe, where we bring the stories from our campfire to your ears, wherever you are in the world. Here we chat to friends over a favorite drink, enjoy the crackle of the fire, and let the real stories of life in the bush be told. Let's get talking to some bushveld legends and hear about their finest hours, the moments that made them question it all and what keeps them coming back for more. Tonight's drinks of choice are Zwakala Lager, home brewed in the Lowveld and gin and tonic, if you're very lucky. We have an extremely special guest tonight and I feel privileged to be here. Let me introduce to you Shannon Wild. Australian-born Shannon Wild is an award-winning wildlife photographer and cinematographer. She has also authored three books, gives free, frequent photographic workshops, and is an ambassador for a number of conservation charities and foundations. Growing up in Queensland, she tried to spend as much time in the wild as possible and has since been drawn to exploring wildlife destinations the world over. She is now based in South Africa with her husband, Russell McLaughlin. Shannon loves reptiles more than anything else, and there's speculation that she herself is in fact part reptile. Because <laughs> she always gets so cold. After 10 years as a graphic designer, she photographed, produced, and modeled in a charity calendar of Australian girls of herpetology for a couple of years in a row. Quite a sexy gig. Digging deep. Her mom to an Indian jungle cat, Vivi, whom she rescued, raised, and brought to South Africa with her, married Russell in Indonesia, attacked by a cheetah, pet photographer in Australia. Shannon is always smiling when in the field, won't catch her with a serious look on her face, as she can't help but break into a grin. A perfectionist, workaholic, professional, hyper-organized, can't really switch off. Almost died in the Masai Mara after ignoring illness and eventually collapsed, starting a long period of recovery and rehabilitation, eventually leading to starting Wild in Africa jewelry brand. She broke her back in India filming Black Panther, secretly cherished COVID-19 isolation rules as a lifelong introvert. She has worked with iconic species such as polar bears in the Arctic, Komodo dragons in Indonesia, black leopard in India, lemurs in Madagascar, and big cats in Africa. I'm in awe and feel honored to be here in your home today. Thank you very much for having us. Thanks for being the here. Oh, <laughs> and we have homemade I just learned work. something about myself in there. I mean, I didn't, I've never had an intro that's dug that deep. I was having flashbacks. I have connections. <laughs> wow. That is crazy. Yeah, it is. You've, you've lived a crazy life. You really have. I, and the internet has I lots guess. of info. <laughs> so after all of that, let me, let me start. So everywhere you've been, is there somewhere that you would like to go? There's so many places yeah. still. The, the bucket list is very long, so I haven't been to South America okay. yet. Uh, I was supposed to go to the Galapagos this year, but obviously uh, that's been pushed, uh, so hopefully next year. But there, I mean, there's so many places. Yeah. Russia, um, all of South America, Central America. I mean, I could go on and on. Yeah, yeah. but I love it, you know, from, from somebody who's, uh, who's been everywhere. And actually, I'm fascinated with Russia at the moment as yes. well. I've been watching some documentaries, incredible place, underrated yes, that I didn't absolutely. know about. Um, let's talk about something a little bit more 
on the serious side and then we'll go from there but something that really connected with me i've had serious burnout in mm. in my life so i don't know if you want to talk about it or sure. not but i know that i've been through a period of my life as a safari guide and and, yeah. and, and a family and that eventually my body just actually switched off it was anxiety it was stress and it was maybe physical exertion i don't know but i'd love to hear your take yeah i mean i'm not the kind of person that does things by halves and I'm a bit of a slow learner so uh, I'm finally starting to listen I think to the warning signs that my body's giving me but um, a few years ago I I'd had a few years of uh, illness and just working very very hard um, you know to give you some insight I established myself in Australia I'd been working as a photographer for 10 years professionally so I was in a good place um, and then I just suddenly decided to up and move to Africa and I arrived here and had no network base and essentially no content to show that I was experienced in this environment so I had to go back to the drawing board and start working for free again and those first few years I just took every opportunity and then of course once you start getting paid gigs you don't want to say no to anything um, so I was just working constantly, getting sick from a variety of reasons. Um, you know, lack of nutrition if you're in the field for a long time, um, the, the water not so clean. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got very sick in the Delta at one point, drinking the water there. Um, so all these things, and I never really had a chance to fully recover. So I'd just get to a point where I was physically capable of working or not even, and I'd be on to the next thing, next thing, next thing. and. After a few years of that, I, I mean, my adrenals shut down, everything, my body just collapsed. Yeah. And so that was like six months of recovery. I mean, it was longer than that, but it was six months before I even started to venture back out into the bush again. Yeah. Um, and the first three months of that was completely bedridden. Um, not even mentally sort of clear. I, I was just sleeping. 23 hours a day just trying to let my body recover and yeah it was a slow process for sure but um, it's it's tricky when you're trying you've got and the ambition there and you're combining that with a passion and you're trying to make something out of it it's hard to know when to say no or what the limit is and I think I'm just now getting to a point where I feel like I've established myself enough that I could say no to certain things but still have my bills paid and be that it wouldn't have a detriment to my career overall yeah. that you know I know that there's still work going to come in in the future so yeah it's so tough you know because there's two things that come to my mind there one, one is obviously a lot of people young people look at somebody like you know how do I establish myself on social media how do I do that so how do you achieve that but also listen to your body and yeah. also pay the bills it's it's i mean Very do you have any answers or thoughts on that i mean obviously i can only reference my own situation and it was really really tough yeah so you know aside from the physical aspect i mean financially this is a really tough gig because like you said it's desirable um it's very niche but there isn't that much, honestly, there isn't that much money to be made or spread yeah. amongst. So I, I mean, the first few years when I moved here, I was constantly 
having my electricity shut off or I didn't know how I was going to buy food the next week or um, fill up my car to get to a job that I was trying to do for free for somebody like it was insane and that went on for years and years and at probably my lowest point where I thought I would potentially pack this in and go back to Australia I didn't have enough money to buy a plane ticket so that wasn't an option anyway so (laughs) I, I mean obviously I'm at a point now where I'm glad that I had to be forced through that um, but I'm in this line of work I'm 17 years in yeah. so it's been a long road and I feel like honestly probably the last year I feel like I'm just getting my stride yeah. and getting I don't want to say comfortable because as a freelancer you're never comfortable you're always looking for the next job you don't there's nothing guaranteed um, there's no job security you you keep working for it but in saying that you know the the previous 16 years I feel like it's laid the foundation to where I'm in a better position now and I'm excited about the future and and finding that balance of not overdoing it so that I can keep enjoying it I love it and maintaining it yeah and those are wise yeah. words because you know you you've put in the blood sweat and tears and, and, Literally. and we talk about this a lot, how glamorous <laughs> yeah. it is, you know, videographer, yeah. you're on billboards and <laughs> being a Sorry, wildlife. Yeah. Oh, good. Come on. Come on. You good? That's probably that our a most common. Oh, there we go. <laughs> that was a bee. Yeah, it flew right into my <laughs> I saw it. I just saw this black thing go into it. was here. like, hold was it, it, it together. Hold it together. What? <laughs> <laughs> I looked for it. I'm like, I'm sure that was a bee. I don't know. I don't think it was. <laughs> I think it, it was a bee. It flew into my nose and then flew away. And then it flew into my nose again. And oh. I was like, it was on my, right here. And I was like. <laughs> That's why you should put on face cream. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's a makeup. Okay, Dave. Just I don't know if anybody noticed that or not. I looked at like them. Yeah. <laughs> but we're all okay. That's a wildlife experience. Yeah, yeah. those yeah. things are actually dangerous. Part you know? of it. Um, <laughs> before before we go to Dave, so one last thing. It is so glamorous. You you know, and and I grew up. I wanted to be a wildlife vet, then I wanted to be a wildlife cameraman. I wanted to be John Varty. I wanted to be Derek Zubair, yeah. you know? That's what we dream of. So when we see pictures of you guys in the <coughs> back of this Jeep cruising through the jungle filming a big cat, right. um, on the other side, there is, you know, we talked about it with Chloe, the time in the airports, the, I mean, do you want to? Yeah, I, I it's mean. It's not what it looks like on Instagram all the time. Exactly, because that's the that's the boring stuff that we're not, posting really I mean you know the the social media is a curated version of the lifestyle for sure Um, but in saying that I couldn't imagine doing anything else Mm. so I think if you've got if your intentions are right and the passion is there then it's certainly worth it I think it's worthwhile it's one of those things where it's tricky if I before I left Australia if I thought okay in the next six years you're going to um you know collapse from your body just totally giving up on you you know mauled by a cheetah you break your back and that's another two years of recovery at least i i don't know if you look at it and go sure i could you know handle that that's that'd be worth it 
but that's life you know you don't plan for that kind of stuff and you just you deal with it and you make the best of it and you learn and grow from it and I I honestly look back and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else I mean yeah it's beautiful it's we're amazing. in a beautiful place yeah, yeah. we are there's some yellow behind it. us I mean I can look out my window and there's giraffe yeah. and zebra I I don't think it'll matter how long that I'm here and I I can only imagine if it's the same for you you know growing up here but certainly we have amazing wildlife in Australia and I love the wildlife there but the novelty of being in Africa does not wear off on me yeah. like I look out the window and I pinch myself yeah because I can't believe it you know it's, it's incredible crazy I grew up watching documentaries about this stuff and would never have dreamed that I would live here I knew I'd come here yeah. and visit and um, but I certainly didn't think that this would be my life and my home and I'm so grateful yeah yeah and it is incredible and we've got to be grateful and I've, I've realized it through the the pre the last period where I haven't been in the bush all the time right. on safari all the time where I realized I said it yesterday that, that, that I now know what people flying from Johannesburg what they yeah. feel inside of them because yeah. I have that feeling now it's been amazing and yeah to wake up and see giraffe outside your window there's a little water hole here yeah i'm sure there's Beautiful. spotted cats moving around here every now and then as well oh it's for sure special. we've had some we've had some prints really yeah recently yeah that's yeah. super really yeah that's last super week cool. i think just there wow it's <laughs> amazing so i want to just before we leave let's go back to because my actually the first images i have of <coughs> you in my head from a couple of years ago are snakes yes. snakes 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 that's literally you know love it uh yeah, no stereotypes or anything, but he has this woman, he has this beautiful woman from Australia and she's just, there's snakes everywhere. So tell us about that. I have one question for you. Do you have a favorite snake? But also I just want to know more about that. Ah, oh, a favorite snake. I mean, that's, I don't know. I honestly uh. haven't tried to, to nail that down. Um, it's not one that I've seen in the wild yet. Yeah. Um, but if I have to choose one, it's the Gaboon Viper. <laughs> so beautiful. So that's mine. So beautiful. You can ask anybody. I'm also never Magic. seen one in the wild. Yeah. And it is high on my hit list. Yes. Very. Oh my goodness. So um, impressive for so many reasons. But I mean that camouflage combined with the geometric pattern yes. combined with like horns and epic venom. I mean, that's like the epitome yeah. of a snake right there. Yeah. It's beautiful. They are. Yeah. I've seen obviously in captivity and they are of so, course. so beautiful Insane. and not hard to find. I mean, they are extremely hard to find. Excuse yes. me. Yeah. The mining now in Northern Natal, I believe is a huge threat to them. Right. And yeah, we need to go and mission you, and look you for would one. You want to, you don't, it's not something that you want to kind of stumble upon accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> like Correct. you want to actually no, it's there see, see it before you find it yeah. kind of thing for sure gaboon um, adder go oof. check it out uh let me bring in dave here our very special friend dave mclaren born and raised in texas political science degree from university of texas in 2005 dave then moved to china to teach for two years back to texas bought the family business dental practice broker over six years he grew the business threefold but was unhappy in 2017, he left to travel and pursue his love of photography. This interest in photography, film and travel all started at a young age on family trips along the Texan coast. Dave spent seven months in Iceland, Southeast Asia and Sri Lanka. His first ever safari was in Sri Lanka and fell in love with it. 
He then moved to India for five months, of which over four weeks were on safari. His last stop was in Nagahol National Park in southern India. I, I don't know if I got that right. Close. Where he hoped to see the Black Panther. This yeah. is where I want to bring you in. I can't hold it any more out on the <laughs> Black Panther. Um, Tried your best. Let's yeah. go from Gabu Nada. What a creature. Dave, you continue with the interaction and uh, explain to us why you're here around the same fire with myself and Shannon. Um, yeah, I mean, Thanks I guess for being I'll, here, absolutely appreciate it. No, it's, it's an awesome group of people. Um, yeah, I guess I'll start with India. I mean, I, I, at that point in time, that was middle of 2018. Um, and I had been out of the business for a year and a half, I guess, uh, traveling and trying to figure out what direction I wanted to go really with life in general. I had been in this business, dental practice brokerage, which I guess nobody knows what that is. I wasn't sure, to be honest. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm being honest. I, I thought I was just like, like, where do you fit in there? Just like wildlife filmmaking, it's very niche. It's, yeah. it's not something that a lot of people get into. Um, uh, but yeah, it's basically the sale of dental businesses. So we, we did that in Texas for, uh, I was nine and a half years when I left. And um, yeah, I just got to a point where I was un extremely unhappy with it. When I left the business, I decided I was going to travel and not rush into anything else uh, and just kind of slowly take my time figuring out what I wanted to do. Um, photography, I got back into photography after a few years, really kind of not, you know, a few years of, of, of not partaking in it because of the business. And um, so as I got back into it, I was real into landscape. I was real into uh, cultural people photography. And then when I did those safaris in Sri Lanka, it was kind of this immediate thing where it was like, okay, like this is, I want to spend more time doing this. Then it became a question of, okay, how do you do this? <laughs> like, how do you turn this into something that's actually, you know, uh, a career? How do yeah. you turn this into something full time? And it's not, I mean, it's not easy and it's not something, I mean, I'm at the very, 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 very beginning stages of it, but um, I knew it that at some level that it's, the direction I wanted to go. Um, so fast forward to 2018, and um, I'd been in India for four months, just solo traveling, spent a good portion of time on safari, and had seen photos of this Black Panther that was made famous by an Indian photographer, Shaz Young, um, and decided I want to go there. Um, I kind of had the impression that Shaz was the one filming the, <laughs> the documentary. Uh, and, and so anyway, I was excited to meet him, but excited to, excited to, to have a chance at seeing this cat um, and spending time in, the, in that forest. Um, and I arrived, uh, had eight days planned. Let me, sorry, can I just bite yeah. on one? So to the best of my knowledge, it is off the beaten track in terms of Indian national parks. It's, I mean, you I think- You go there specifically for the panther. I went there, I mean, so I started far north yeah. of India in Kashmir and worked my way all the way down to Kerala. It, was, it wasn't out of my way because it was a five-month trip, so I was okay. all over the place. But, I mean, I think it's not Ranthambore, it's not some yeah. of the bigger parks. Um, I would think after the film and after, you know, Shah's and, yeah. and the exposure that the combination of those two things are having, it may not be off the beaten path anymore. Yeah. Um, but certainly at the time, I think it was still... Um, you know, a bit undiscovered. Yeah. Cool. Sorry. Um, no, no. So, um, yeah, I showed up and, and I think I had eight or nine days planned. Um, and Shannon wasn't there at the time, but Russ was there. Um, and 
I walk in from the first day, first morning of safaris, and I see this, you know, this big guy with a huge beard, mm-hmm. Nat Geo sweater I on. What's in the Botswana darkness? He gave me a fright. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was a lion. Yeah, but I, I was like, either this guy is the one actually filming this, or he's just really a Nat Geo fanboy. I didn't yeah. know which one it was, <laughs> but I, I walked up and started talking to him, and over the course of the next. He's not yet, so we better be careful. <laughs> well, I won't tell. <laughs> You can send in the video. It's, it's not a problem. But, um, but over the course of the that first eight days, um, you know, I'd go out on my morning safaris. I'd come back, and Russ and I would bullshit a bit, and then I'd go out in the afternoon on on afternoon safaris. Uh, come back and um, sit around the fire with Russ and drink a little too much. And and in those conversations, the you know, the kind of exploring what his life was like and what Shannon's life was like. Not the glamorous stuff, but what is their life really like putting together a film on a cat that is not the easiest subject. Mm. And so you kind of get through a little bit of the romanticism of it, and and you realize, okay, these people are out here for a long time doing this day after day. Yeah. I don't know if he likes what I'm saying or doesn't like it. (laughs) I'll I'll tighten it up, okay? Um, But, uh, yeah, and then I left. Uh, My mom actually flew over, and we traveled for a couple weeks. And then I I decided to go back and get the second round. I'd I'd seen the Black Panther, but get another Mm -hmm. shot at it. And I think I missed Russ by one day. Mm. Uh, He went to Scandinavia somewhere to finish another project, and Shannon had arrived a couple days before. And so over the course, I think the next nine days, um, same routine minus the drinking part of it. Um, <laughs> we'd, we'd, I'd come back from morning safaris and I'd sit there with, with, uh, with Shannon and, and one of the owners, um, Zoha, who's, uh, uh, so the kind of the three of us sat around and would, would chat throughout the day. And over the course of that time, I was just asking questions about what she was doing. And I think like three days before I left, I was sitting there going, I wonder if, because my plan was to go to Africa solo and start traveling and taking pictures and build a portfolio and see what I could do with that. Um, but I think in my mind, I was like, well, I wonder if I could go, I wonder if they need help with anything. And so I started asking her about internships or interns and, I, and you know, she goes, well, we have, a, we have hundreds of people e- messaging us. I'm like, shit, cool. well, that's not good. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then I said, right <laughs> yeah, she's You're like, right oh, not, not this question again. Yeah. <laughs> and so. So I, you know, I'm on, I'm on, I'm I on these. I can only imagine. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So I'm on these, I'm on these drives, uh, on my own. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I'm just going to ask questions about this. Like, just, I want to, I'm curious about how to, like everybody, how do you go from, yeah, from hobby photographer yeah. to filming documentary, a foot in the door with, with a bit, with a business like this. And it's, you know, there's a lot of people passionate about it, but you know, just like the business I was in previous, an opportunity has to, to present itself. Um, and so I think I kind of just started asking questions about what you would look for in an intern or bringing somebody over. And she started answering them. And I think at the end she goes, so wait, are you interested in this? And I was like, I was like, uh, I was like, I guess so. And then she goes, so would you want, like, when would you want to come over? And I was like, I'm pretty free in June, July, August, September, like, just let me know and I'll, I'll be over. And, uh, so yeah, I mean the, the um, it, it kind of snowballed from there, and then I came over May of last year um, to South Africa, never been before, um, and didn't have a lot of details on what I'd be doing, 
My expectation was a lot of spreadsheets, <laughs> a lot of logging footage, um, and yeah, pretty quickly was out in the field with Russ's brother Kevin, and you know, it's it's where I want to be going. So it's incredible. been interesting. No, yeah, that's absolutely incredible. And here we are around the fire, in the center of the universe. I mean, it's very special. I love stories like that, man. And I think that the other thing is just going back. I get, you know, there's opportunities for everybody. You, if you make an opportunity, it will it will, it will happen for yourself in life. Let's let's go then. Okay, a bit of background on me. So I have a very good friend slash client guest in Johannesburg who's besotted with the world's big cats. I've been to India to see the snow leopard uh, a few times. We've spent time with the white lions in Timbavati in the wild. Uh, done the tigers, etc., etc. And then I went to Kenya in Abadez, and there talk of black. Uh, leopards, they're melanistic leopards. We saw melanistic servals. Mm. I came back and I said to this guy, listen, let's go and look. But actually, what were the chances of us going and seeing this thing? So we went to Avadez actually twice. Uh, then there's reports in South Africa in the Leidenberg Mountains. We've been there. So I slowly started getting besotted by the melanistic form of a leopard, which in Africa is extremely rare. Mm. And last year, uh, we borrowed Lucas, got the pics of the black leopard in Lakipia in January and in May we were there and we spent a week and we got a three and a half second glimpse of this cat. I mean <laughs> that's pretty right. amazing. No, I'm impressed by that honestly. A year Sounds ago last right, week. Yeah. Yeah. A year ago last week. That's it's incredible. Been, yeah, it's it was extremely emotional. It was what an adventure. I'm totally besotted by the cat. Okay, I'm gonna put my jacket yeah, on quickly because the reptilian is. is coming out in me. <laughs> <laughs> I need another layer. I do not thermoregulate. <laughs> no, me neither. Ready. That's chilly. But anyway, I'm besotted by the melanistic form of the leopard. I don't know why. I don't have a specific reason why. I can't say why mm. I think it's so damn cool. Mm. I've grown up seeing leopards on almost a weekly basis my entire life. I saw these pictures of this cat in India that you guys were filming, and I, like, I. Even those first images cannot leave my mind. So over to you, but I mean, I've had a three and a half second glimpse of this thing. It'll never leave me. And mm. I know I want to go to Asia and see this thing, but tell us about your cat. I mean, he is, it, it is, like you say, it's hard to articulate. Yeah. It's, yeah, he is incredible. The, the beauty, it's just hard to describe. And... I mean, what a privilege that we got to spend 18 months tracking and trying to film him. And to be honest, we could have had another 18 months or however long we could have been given, we would have taken it because yeah. he was so incredibly difficult to track. Um, but then, of course, it's one thing to find an animal. It's completely something else to be in a position to film it. Yeah. It's another thing to film enough of it doing something interesting to create a one-hour documentary. So um, we would have taken, I mean, we could have stayed forever <laughs> trying to document his life. But, um, you know, hopefully what we managed to capture in that year and a half, which was basically our deadline and our budget cap, um, hopefully it gives people a taste of that because he is truly incredible and not just 
um, as a leopard mm -hmm. and not just as a melanistic leopard. So he, you know, even more rare, but just him as an individual character. He's, he, you know, every animal has their own personality. And so it was such an amazing experience to spend enough time there to get to know him and start getting used to his behavior and trying to anticipate his movements. This line of work, it really varies in terms of how long we get to spend in certain locations or with certain animals. So that can be a few weeks to 18 months is the longest that we've had. Our current project is now just overlapping that. Um, but these days it's rare that documentaries get to film year on year on year. The budgets just aren't there anymore. So that was really special that we actually felt like we knew him and it was really hard to leave, to yeah, be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, I Africa is it for me, yeah. for sure. And I, I loved coming home to here, but it was really hard to leave. And India is very, very special. And I mean, you're in a forest full of leopard, but also tigers, yeah. which yeah. I mean, our focus is on this incredible individual melanistic leopard. But meanwhile, there's, you know, tigers roaming around and doing their thing and cubs and that dynamic. And of course, we get to film the whole forest and tell the entire story of his life and his surroundings which tigers are included in but also what an impressive cat wow, I mean, it's crazy Amazing. i think there was one one day in particular where and it sums up what this forest is about it's it's a stunning place but when the black panther sighted you know the the tourist vehicles are all called mm -hmm. in if, if it's a sighting where it's up in a tree or something along those lines and um this morning i was in so india there's small jeeps and there's giant these canter vehicles like small little okay. buses that are uh, that are um, that tourists go out in. So I'm looking over Shannon at the Black Panther sighting. It's up in the tree, or just ran across the kind of clearing where the road where the road cut through the forest with its mate. And which what was the name? Was it uh, Cleopatra? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had ran through together um, and then disappeared. And it was one of those sightings like you talk about, three to four seconds. You know, I'm sitting there trying to get a decent shot of it, at the same time take it all in, mm -hmm. with 15 other people in this bus around me, piling on top of my back, um, and <laughs> awful. So <laughs> which awful. is pretty much India summed up. Um, and then I look over and Shannon's in her filming vehicle, nice and comfortable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as much space as yeah, I want. Yeah, she's spread out, got her giant lens set up. But we, we sit there and wait and see, you know, to see if they go up into a tree. At the same time that we're waiting, a tiger walks out of the forest, Whoa. <laughs> like nuts. 50. And, and so you're sitting there seeing this chaos go on where these vehicles are trying to decide, do we wait for this? Do we go follow the tiger? Do we, what do we do? And this is within a space of a, a couple hundred meters that this is going on. And I remember, I think everybody rushed over the tiger and then the Black Panther and Cleopatra jumped up into a tree together. And wow. everybody rushed back over that mm. and tried to get in jockey for position. So you just have this incredible forest that, you know, and, and when, I, when I think about the documentary, certainly the centerpiece of it is the Black Panther. But that forest itself is just, it's mystical almost. It's really special. Yeah, it definitely um, has its own character. Yeah. Yeah, stunning. That's a very special forest, mm. especially from an African safari background, you know. And 
I've seen clips in the mornings in this forest and there's a bit of mist. It, yeah, it looks it's magical beautiful. to me. Literally yeah. Literally magical. And the thought of a black panther and a tiger in the same vicinity is actually a bit Crazy. much for me, to be honest. <laughs> it's a bit overwhelming. Uh, no, it is. Like, it is. It really is. Um, do you have a, me a memory or something special, a moment? Other than breaking my back in the forest? <laughs> yes. <laughs> It must have been um, David coming one's... into their life. Was that in the know. vehicle? Just... Yeah, yeah. In, the in the filming vehicle yeah. in the forest um, on the way to a panther sighting. So my driver got very enthusiastic because yeah. this is such a rare yeah. event. Um, and it was, I mean, we were six months into filming. It was barely in. And yeah, he got a little enthusiastic, didn't see a bump in the road. Thankfully, the gear is all like bolted into the vehicle, tripod and then on there. Um, but I'm just on a bench seat behind it. So, of course, I went flying and that was me done for quite a few months. Um, but actually, so thank goodness Russ was obviously still there filming. Yeah. Uh, Shaz was on a filming camera as well. So he s was primarily a stills photographer and on this project got onto filming and um, I think he's definitely going down that line now. I can see he's always doing filming yeah. now, which it's kind of addictive in that way to be able to like capture and document behavior and mm. movement. Mm. Uh, so thankfully they were able to keep going with the documentary during the, the initial part of my recovery. Uh, but as things were getting towards the end of the documentary, I just had to get back out there I mean it was too soon I wasn't supposed to be on a camera or on bumpy roads or any of this stuff but I couldn't not to. like yeah. I just you know so I got back out there and you know lots and lots and lots of painkillers and that experience was quite amazing because even though it was a short period of time I feel like I captured some really special footage um and that included the panther mating okay. in the tree which was amazing yeah so which i hadn't caught before the injury um so that's definitely a highlight i mean there's also like another one that comes to mind which is a shot that i didn't get which just breaks my heart and it wasn't my fault <laughs> <laughs> it was oh my goodness so the panther um managed to capture a small fawn in the bushes there is no professional footage of the panther or a black leopard that i'm aware of with a kill yeah. like there's no footage of that and i was about to get that shot uh so we hear the commotion and then he like dave was saying there's a bit of a clearing where the road is so you have kind of a few meters either side that's a little more open, otherwise it's very dense uh, forest. And so he starts walking out with this fawn in, its, uh, in his mouth. We rush to get the vehicle into position so that I can have the camera the right way because I'm stuck to one side of the vehicle. So it's very strategic as to how we have to position the vehicle. Meanwhile, uh, there were tourist vehicles all around us. So I had to be conscious of, there were some in front of me, so I had to be conscious of positioning in a, in a way that I could see once he was not blocked by then. Uh, so I had a big bus of tourists in front of me right on the road. So I pulled over to the side 
and I start recording. I'm about to find focus because we focus manually in filming for wildlife. And he's literally about to pop out in front of this bus. And this tourist vehicle from behind me just <laughs> beside me cuts into the smallest gap you can imagine between my vehicle and the bus. My ginormous lens is going out. So he nearly takes out my camera. And all I have is this footage of the back of his vehicle, <laughs> which is when the panther would have come through, fawn in its mouth. And I mean, I can't even tell you how heartbroken I am yeah. just saying it, but that ruined it. And of course, the driver came in so aggressively that the panther then just disappeared. So he was just kind of steadily walking across. This vehicle came in. Um, triggered him and he just disappeared into the forest and we never you know saw him again for another week or so so I mean knowing that I was about to get yeah. that that shot that shot would have made the documentary yeah. I and it hasn't been seen before or since I mean he's wow. he's seven years old now when we started filming he was five like four and a half five in all that previous time of all his sightings that has never been sighted wow. and never since and I just, Shaz was in the same vehicle as me, but right at the front and he was taking stills while I was filming. And so he managed to get a few stills because okay. he was at a different angle uh, before the the vehicle just came in and like ruined it. So, ah, there was surprising. a big yelling match after that. not surprising in India. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it takes a lot to, to set me off, I have to say. <laughs> I'm very generally easygoing, but my God, I lost it. I can feel it now. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, a... It hurts. Shame, oh. man. Okay, but but I have That's these right. images of those eyes and that cat. It's yes. crazy. What are my chances as a panther of going there and actually seeing a black panther or the black panther? I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I So I think I did 17 days of safaris, morning, afternoon. Um, my first sighting was similar to what you were yeah. talking about. Yeah. Um, didn't even try to pull my camera out. I saw it hop once, hop, to, you know, jump once, jump twice, and then it was gone. And in my mind, I said, if that's the only time I see it, that's fine. Yeah. I saw it. It's, it's special. Um, you know, and that wasn't the only reason I was there. The, the drives themselves, the forest itself was absolutely stunning. So it wasn't my sole reason for going. But I think over the course of the next, uh, that was four days in, the course, over the course of the next 13 days, I think, I think I saw it three more times. Really? So I ended up seeing it four times. Wow. Um, I think, yeah, there was one in particular that Shannon was not at. She missed it. <laughs> it was my last no, day. Okay. <laughs> no, no. no and I feel like it wasn't a bad one. I had <laughs> really good luck in terms of, because I know there's people that have come to that forest i think they were on their 13th trip wow and they still yeah hadn't seen yeah. it it's so yeah, i mean your numbers it's, sound it's, pretty good to me that's yeah it's um, it's pretty good but yeah no i mean there, there and there were yeah i think i certainly got a bit lucky it's all relative um so my mom but you did the time i did yeah, yeah i yeah. did the time uh my mom came through for four days um and we had really good we had some really good sightings didn't see the black panther but tiger sightings generally good sightings and then the next day um we we so we were with a group of indian like photographers that were there on a guided trip 
the next day or the next two to three days, we're following them on Instagram, following the stories yeah, from yeah. their guide. And it's just like tigers, Black Panther, ti- like left and right, left and right for three days straight. And we're sitting, my mom is sitting there going, should we go back now? Should we like turn around and go back? Because we're in these Indian cities that are hectic and chaotic. Yeah. We left this very peaceful forest that, yeah. you know, that she fell in love with as well. And she's seen these sightings. I'm just like, turn it off. We had some really good yeah. stuff. Mm. Be grateful for it. Yeah. And let's, you know, that's, that's the nature of the, yeah, exactly. that's the nature of, uh, you know, photography and filming. 100%. You should have been here yesterday. That's the old rule. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, do you mind if I ask a question? No, go ahead. So, <laughs> you guys have not picked low-hanging fruit with no. your subjects? No. Not our current I, one either. Oh, y- no, yeah. Well, between, yeah, the last two, the, the last project on the Black Panther and the current one at the moment. So, you what's guys, the current one? Are we The White Lines. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, also proving very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess is that is that is that intentional to go after unique animals, and and is there another one after that that you're looking? You may not be willing to disclose that, but if you're will, but but something that you're like, um, this is the animal we want to shoot for next. I think going into the Black Panther, it wasn't a question of. I, I think. It was a mix of we didn't really know how difficult it was going to be, but it was also we couldn't not try. So once we saw the pictures on social media, Russ and I just said we have to make a film. There's no question. So we then approached National Geographic to pitch it and got it greenlit from there. Um, And then, of course, turned up to India, and that's, you know, it was incredibly difficult. Reality set Yeah, worthwhile. (laughs) Um, I, I don't know. The white lines was something also that we'd both been interested in and especially Russ because he has a bit of history there mm. growing up in this region, mm. being aware of them, seeing them years and years and years ago, uh, obviously different generations yeah. of them. And it was kind of like going in and think we honestly thought it would be a little bit easier than the yeah. panther and it's actually proving more difficult um for a variety of reasons yeah. but i think it's just it's worth it someone needed to make and just a natural history I documentary mm-hmm. on them uh, and also as time goes on there's better equipment and you know we can do higher resolution and we can just i think do more justice to it it's not mm. that there's never been a documentary made on the white lines um but there is going to be a whole generation of people that won't have seen those and probably wouldn't watch older documentaries. So that's the beauty of, I think, nature photography and documentaries. It's you can constantly be documenting species that we're aware of, perhaps, but you see them in a new way. You capture them in a new way uh, and then you share it with a new audience. So you have to keep that communication and that passion going for people. Um, in terms of the next thing, I guess it's kind of become like a little bit of a theme for us now. So we're obviously on the lookout for something unique and rare, but we have like a quite a lot of different uh, shows in production at the moment that we're juggling between. So n- nothing specifically 
uh, genetically unique in yep. that aspect uh, that's on the cards, uh, but a lot more stuff coming out. Um, I didn't but know if you guys were going for something more challenging. Oh my goodness. Next I mean, time around. <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> let us get through this one. Yeah, exactly. And the white lines yeah. are very close to my heart as well. Yeah. Literally grew up in the Timbavati. You know, from my uncle being there in the 70s when they were first. Yes. Not documented, but really documented yeah. by Chris McBride and worked so many years in the Timbavati, seen different generations of them they are very very special and when kevin mm. started talking about it i you know when you're just not happy for somebody because you're jealous yes like, well, <laughs> i'm gonna pretend i'm happy but i'm not that happy for yeah <laughs> so, appreciate your honesty yeah. <laughs> i was i did curse him last i know that yeah i hope he's still around next week <laughs> um we're gonna pretty much wrap it up i don't know if there's anything else you want to I'm no, very jealous great. of you uh, and, and, and love what you do. Your photography is awesome. Thank your videography you. is awesome. Um, but, but, mo but mostly actually what you do for conservation. So I think that's very important. Thank Always you. has been extremely important to me. Your Shannon Wild jewelry. Yes. And 50% of the proceeds and the traction that it has. Uh, all that you do for conservation. You know, I think that's super awesome. Apart from cruising around the world and filming wildlife. Um, Dave, thanks so much for your time, Absolutely. man. Thank At you. Dave Mac photo. Check him out. Yeah. Give him some love. And yeah, as we've talked about, hopefully uh, next week or in the next uh, two, three weeks, you're going to be cruising around the Kruger Park filming the White Lion, man. That's, that's the plan. Making, taking, taking over the kingdom. <laughs> that's what we want from him, hey? It's the plan. So thank you very much, <laughs> Shannon. Man. All the best. You. It's cool yeah, to yeah. have you here. Shannon. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. At Shannon Wild. Amazing content on YouTube and thank Instagram. You so thank you so much for having us. Appreciate um, it. We'll I'll chat you loads more. We'll make her an influencer one day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't label me. We're working on it. <laughs> but yeah, I truly awesome. mean it. Thank you so much. It's, it's our uh, pleasure for sure. Super cool. Fascinating. Fascinating. Thank you. I have, so I have actually one just random question. So uh, if you go to India, what national park should you go? Let's say you can only go to one park. I mean, I would personally go back to Nagarel National Park. Yeah, honestly, it's got enough of the diversity yes. of Indian yeah, wildlife. Yeah, I mean, if you yeah. want to see tigers and, and your expectation of, say, looking for a black panther yeah. is, I mean, it'd be incredible if you saw it, but, but that's not your only bonus, goal. I would still go there because our tiger sightings were incredible. Like Dave said, the it's not as intense from a tourism perspective. Um, mm. Places like Rantambore, it just gets yeah. crazy. Yeah, I went to went to Rantambore and it's it's nuts chaos. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a little bit more quaint, a little bit more. Yeah, I think so. No, that's cool. That's good to know, hey. It's awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of them though. There are actually. Yeah, there yeah. are so there's many. You know, I've never been, and I'm parts. obviously so fascinated about it. I always ask people that question. Anybody that's ever been. Mm. Um, so well, it's interesting. Well, there's I mean, a, there's this one now obviously has become the key. I mean, you you guys have basically put that place on the map. Yeah, I mean, it'd you know. be interesting to see. So it's come out in a few countries already, uh, but it's still about to come out in US and Canada. They said yet. summer, so I don't know what that means. Okay. If it's June or July today. or August or... Okay, so that's, that's summer. Right? <laughs> At some they, point I don't know, I have yeah. to keep track. But yeah, um, yeah it'll be interesting to see. Then, of course, you know, the current situation, tourism is a yeah. bit down. Yeah. So I feel like there would maybe be a delayed reaction to that mm, but people sure. certainly mm, will be mm. aware of it yeah um 
The beauty of that particular forest is that the numbers are quite regulated. So you can go in there, but there's only a certain number of vehicles that are allowed in the forest. They split it into essentially two sections and certain vehicles are only allowed to go into one section and then certain vehicles in another. And then, so that's maybe your morning drive and then the afternoon you they swap. Yeah. So, and also it's, for our uh, purposes, we had access from 6 a.m. till 6 p.m., which yeah. is nice that we got all day, but at the same time it was frustrating because it didn't matter what day length it was. We had to be out, you know, outside of I'm those times. You. But the beauty was um, the tourist vehicles could go in, say, from 6 till 9 in the morning and then 3 till 6, mm. whereas we could utilize the middle of yeah. the day with nobody around as well yeah. yeah and i can tell you being on the other side of that in a different vehicle that 9 9 a.m cutoff point is very painful yes because it's literally yeah. 8 40 or 8 30 yeah. when you see when you have a sighting typically yeah. and then 8 45 you're like cool gotta leave yeah and then I think there's a couple of times where they where I, bye, <laughs> where I look over and she's waving from her vehicle. <laughs> and then a few hours later, she comes back to charge batteries and dump, you know, dump cards. And she's like, ah, oh, you guys left. You just oh, missed shit. them. Made it. I'm like, really? <laughs> got to be That's so literally tough, 20 minutes later. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, being able to spend that time they uninterrupted. Do full day permits there? Because in Rentenburg, uh, you can get a full day. It's very expensive. Not, but you well. pay. Yeah. Or, I, I, I mean, looked at it. <laughs> Our Did filming permits. You can, but it's very yeah, expensive. Right. You had a couple of hundred dollars. Everything's available at a yeah. cost, I think. Yeah, yeah. Not a cost I was willing to pay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there, yeah. you guys had. Our, our six to six um, was ridiculously expensive yeah. every yeah. day for 18 months. Jeez, did they change did they change it up on you guys I, th I thought there was something where they yeah, shifted that or... yes there was a change in administration so then suddenly our initial negotiated uh, fees were not adequate anymore gotcha. you know it's politics how gotcha. much time do you have to get into that because Oh, oh my goodness! I know about you want to see me roll yeah, administration you want to get Shannon more yeah, I've worked in Tanzania and <laughs> They change administration every week so that they can change the fees. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. Will you so go back to India? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to. We... Yes, I mean, if he's six or seven, that guy's still got potential to. Yeah, he's just come into his prime. Jeez. Yeah. Well, there's another one as well. Is it Tadoba? Yeah, or... Tadoba. Yeah. I mean, throughout India, there's going to be a few individuals. <gasps> yeah. But, oh um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I also found that my glass suddenly became empty. I don't yeah. know what happened. Nothing from you, Joe. How was that, guys? I mean, Executive producer. Like, I was laughing. Less. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, like, buddy. I think Executive producer. Thanks so much. Cheers, man. Thank, Thank, Thank you, Shannon. Pleasure. Yeah. Thanks so much. Like very cold. I really appreciate your <laughs> Thank you for joining us. You can find today's guests online via their social media handles linked in this podcast description. Go ahead and give them a follow, share some love and show some support for what they are doing. We welcome your questions and comments and encourage you to let us know what you're thinking. Who do you want to meet around our campfire and what burning questions do you have for these bush legends? Find us on social media via the links in the description and tune in to watch our podcast recordings from around the campfire on our YouTube playlist.